In a world of bus schedules and business calls, sidestep into a realm of Koigyu casting in Klingons. Okay, people, get your geek on. Hi everyone, it's March 22nd, 2013, and you're listening to episode 70 of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. And I'm Maggie. And I'm deciding on what to wear to the big wedding this season. Oh my god, the colors in this closet. What the heck? I don't know. Well, you know, I'm debating between the yellow spandex, the black cat leather cat suit, or the elvish cloak. Okay, whichever way you go, you've got to wear the stiletto thigh highs. Mm. And maybe with the face mask face mask yeah no i'm sorry no all masquerade type if it's elegant masquerade otherwise i am not covering up this gorgeousness hello okay fine i don't know but then again the elvish cloak is the officiant not the groom so would you be considered part of the clergy then no but and i guess the i guess you know there's two kind of options with the spandex but one of them is more form-fitting than another and if you look if you're gonna have any wedding cake you don't want spandex no, even the Starfleet uniform is going to be a bit too tight. Yeah. And red is so my color, but I really shouldn't be wearing it. No, not, no, not to this bad idea. Bad, 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 bad. So. Anyways. <laughs> yes, you'll get an explain. You'll, of course, you'll find out what that's all about later. Oh, the decisions to make. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more about this. <laughs> I honestly can't. You're like, geeks just orgasmed all over the universe. But first. How about we start with adventures in knitting, since you are steadily knitting away. Yeah. In um, case anyone hears little kicking noises. Sorry, people, but this is my life. Look it. Look what I found. Motherfucker. Yeah. We're here. Son of a motherless goat. There we go. I did not come this far into Mordor to be stopped (laughs) by a mofo drop stitch. Yes. What do you tell the people what you're working on? Okay, I am working on the cardi that never ends, because guess what? I am six, and now six rows from the end. Six rows of knit one, purl one, ribbing of 600 stitches. I am six rows from the end. And we just spotted a drop stitch. Yep. (laughs) Which we managed to snag. It's only one, two, it's only gone down three ladders. So that's okay. And I had a stitch holder to hook it up with. Oh, I would have lost my shit right there if that had gotten all the way through. (laughs) No joke. People. So, yeah, so what is the actual name of this thing, not just the cardigan that runs? <laughs> this is the Easy Ruffle Coat, and I've been calling it a cardigan. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it as much as a coat as I do a cardigan. But yeah. that's fine. And I do know that the ribbing does add a nice bit of bounce to it, and it tapers and form fits just a little bit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but, but oh my god. <laughs> but oh my god, this 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 cardigan is nothing but ribbing at any point. It is either two by two ribbing or one by one ribbing. So you have to really love whatever color you're working with and love ribbing. Well, it's a good thing you're working with. This is Malab, uh, not Malabrigo. Hi, I has the dumb. <laughs> this is Madeline Tosh. This is, a uh, light merino. Yeah, Madeline Ma- Tosh light. Tosh light, which is a merino wool in like a fingering weight. And it's a yep, single it's ply. It's a single ply. Once it's put together, knitted up, it's a little bit on, it's squishy. And it is the colorway fragrant. Yep. Which is uh, a warm pink coral color, as us uh, us redheads are very careful about the color pinks that we can wear. Mm-hmm. Ariel should not have been wearing that pink dress 
To hell no. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, and I was going to say, and I know the colorway and the type of yarn you're using. Because, because I've been got another skein of it for you. Anybody who has heard about this project knows that I ran out of yarn a little while ago and proceeded to have very... Kittens. The old expression is to drop kine is where, you know, to have a cow used to, you know, is the old expression. <laughs> Karen took the very brave, bold, and selfless adventure of going to the knitting store... And picking up another skein for me. It was difficult, but... Took one for the team. I would do anything for you, Maggie. I know. And also to hear me stop bitching about this sweater. Yeah, so I, I ventured to the wilds of Ancaster, to the Needle Emporium, to get you another skein of the yarn. Where, where you had to trade... You traded with the locals. Yes. So, that's what I'm doing. I am knit one... Pearl wanting along as fast as I can go. Yes, where I made a Faustian bargain to try and get you this yarn. And when that is done, oh my god, I think I might throw a party because I <laughs> am determined. My birthday's on Monday, and I said I would have this finished by my birthday. Oh dear. Oh yeah, this is happening. <laughs> You've got a weekend. I have a weekend. At least it's a weekend, not yep. a work week. I have a weekend. This will happen. I'm not working on Sunday if you want to come over and <laughs> watch movies and just plow through it. When this is done... I have two baby blankets to knit. Well, one and a half baby blankets. Mm-hmm. And then I am... I have decided I am knitting only small things for the rest of the year. I cannot blame you. <laughs> and one more project for me, because I fell in love with that lush cardigan. I'm a glutton for punishment, I know. <laughs> I'm finishing this cardigan and saying, I, I fell in love with another, another cardigan. I kind of want to go do it. But that's what happened, I'm afraid. So, um, I went shopping in another knitter's stash. That would be Michelle. Yep. Because Michelle likes to say that she has a Methuselah stash. And I'm not one to question her. I've not seen her stash, but I'm not going to question her. So, this is what I have bought out of her stash. Ooh. Oh, that is pretty. Classic Yarns Cash Soft. Yes. In DK. Actually, I think it's... Rowan. It is the RYC. Yeah, Classic Yarns, Cash Soft DK. 57% extra fine merino, but merino. 33% microfiber, 10% cashmere, and this feels like kittens. Oh my god. <laughs> so it's somewhere in, in color. It's somewhere between chocolate, mahogany, and wine. Yeah. Yeah, it's, all, it's a all very good things. Very deep, sort of purpley, but it has a sort of brownish tinge to it, too. It is really gorgeous. Yeah. So I might not get to this until maybe the end of the summer where I can, when I can look at a big project again. Yeah. But this will probably be a, a delight to knit with. So is it safe to say that you are going to be bringing this Cardigan of Doom I to am the nearest frolic? Yeah. I am wearing this mofo, even if <laughs> it's still on the frickin' needles. I am wearing this on Monday to the office. Dang it. Even if the ends aren't woven in? No. Hell no. I <laughs> well, it's definitely not going to be blocked. I don't care. <laughs> I am wearing this thing for my birthday. Yay. Dude. I was going to say, like, we can even, if you want, I was thinking, you know, you'll probably want to wear that, wear that to the frolic. I would be willing, probably along with the others, to, like, drive there with the air conditioning blasting at full blast, even though it's only going to be <laughs> the end of April, just so you can wear that thing in comfort. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say this now. I'm going to wear this thing to the frolic because it's open front so you can still see my Knit One Geek 2 t-shirt. If you comment that this is the Cardigan of Doom, 
I will give you chocolate. She's not kidding. I'm not kidding. I've already talked to Karen about this. That is the code word. Yes. Oh, it's the cardigan of doom. Here's chocolate. So yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. And I think just for jits and giggles, I brought over a box of monkeys. Aw, they're really cute. These are the monkeys I've been making for that charity. It's um Campaign for Kian. Okay. This one's adorable. They're all adorable, but this one's really cute. I was teaching a newbie how to make a sock monkey of her own, so I was mm-hmm. doing the steps along with her. And this one has a... It's got... It's a sparkly argyle. Yeah. So I decided it's, it was going to be a girl. Yeah. Basically, it's diamonds in a bright pink and sort of a seafoam green, and then as the color block diamonds, and then the, the little sort of diamond... The lines, the crisscrossing lines on it that make diamond shape... Diamond shapes are out of, like, little sparkly bits. So she's got lips and eyelashes and a, a bow. A blue bow. And That's adorable. Just making them is fun. <laughs> Especially when I want to stab somebody in the eyes after knitting, you know, one-by-one pearl ribbing for two yeah. hours. And feeling and measuring it again, and it hasn't grown any. <laughs> so please tell me, like, what you've been doing. Let me live vicariously through you. Okay. Well, I haven't been doing... I've done a lot of different things, but I haven't done a huge amount of all of them because, oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> so the last couple weeks, I've had a major assignment due, like the the assignment that is worth the highest part of my mark of all the assignments. Oh, yay. One of those. In class. And that was right before March break. And March break is basically just, yeah, just stab me in the face. Repeatedly. Mm. Week. It's fun doing the programs and everything like that. It's just really exhausting. I'm still catching up on sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Today I got to sleep in, and today was like a proper sleep in. I I did have one day, like the Sunday last week, the Sunday that I worked last week. I mean, I didn't have to be in until 1.30. Uh But it still doesn't quite count sleeping count as sleeping in if you're still looking at the clock being like, I have to get up at this certain time so that I can do everything and make it to work. Yeah. (laughs) Today was the first day. Other than Monday, that I was able to just, like, lie there and be like, eh, I don't feel like getting up just yet. Oh, I can't wait for that day to happen again. <laughs> well, that's going to take not having a small child. Yes, I know. Um, but I'm, I'm waiting for the day when he can get up, open up uh, a package of Pop-Tarts, and turn on the TV himself. But I have worked on a few things. I've been working on my Cachoeira socks from, I believe it's the spring 2009 nitty, and in it's in um, Indigo Dragonfly, Merino Nylon sock with in the squid vicious colorway and those i have done both heels on both socks because as i've mentioned before i do each i do the socks at the same time i don't do them on one needle i have a few <laughs> sets of each size of sock yarn needle that i use and so i have usually have one sock on one needle and the other sock on a different needle and sometimes they travel separately. Sometimes one of them lives by the TV and the other one lives in my bag and mm, I fair enough. swap them. Fair enough. So they're both, actually they're both finished the heel and they're both finished the gussets. These are top down socks. So I am on the foot of each of them and plowing forward. Um, I have also finished the first of my turtle pearl socks. Check that out. Stripey turtle pearl socks. These are done toe up in plain stockinette with a afterthought heel. Because it's a self-striping yarn, and this is in the colorway Miss K's Big Day. So it's white-ish pink, a sort of medium pink, a red, dark red, and black stripes. 
So I did an afterthought heel, which is basically where, as I was knitting the foot, when I got to the point where I'd want to put the heel in, I took half the stitches, and I took some extra waist yarn, knit half the stitches in the waist yarn, turned it, purled across with the waist yarn, back the way I'd come, and then grabbed the regular yarn and kept knitting around. And then... I believe at knit night, I had finished the actual, the, the top of the sock. So I went back, snipped the waist yarn, mm-hmm. which, if I remember correctly, Lauren was looking at me horrified while I was doing it, picked up all the little stitches, joined them into a circle, and then basically just did a... Sort of like the decrease for a, a, a beanie. Yeah, it's basically, well, basically you just, you pick... The two sides. It's sort of like the, the decrease for a sock toe if yeah, you're doing from the top that's down. True. Where you, at the end of, if you have two needles, at each end of the needle you decrease. Except this is just every other row. So, and it makes just this nice little mitered square, which makes a little sock heel. And it keeps the striping in the, in the heel, so that you get these little sort of concentric circles of stripe. So I haven't checked cast on the second one yet. And then, one of the things I said I was going to do, and which I actually did... On Wednesday, while watching The Hobbit, because the DVD <laughs> came out on Tuesday. Oh my god! I basically took a blanket and spread it out on the the rug down here in our family room in front of the TV. I put the blanket down because it was that or vacuum the rug first. The rug is not horribly gross. It's just, you know, there's probably a fair bit of cat hair there, as there is with almost everything in my house. As there is when there's a cat within... Yeah. Probably a one-mile radius. Yeah, so I, I got out my big blue... It's probably... What it is is probably like a laundry hamper thing. But it's this big blue cloth collapsible bin. And it's full of yarn. Yeah, well, see... I could go dumpster diving in that. You think it's full now. What is actually in it... I See, I took everything out of it and laid out one by one and put it in piles. So I had a pile for little bitty ends of sock yarn. Which I grabbed a freezer bag from upstairs, like a Ziploc bag, and started and putting them put in those there. in there. So sorting. Um, as well as, you know, I had one for like the little balls of cotton yarn that I have. Um, I had one pile for actual projects. I had one pile for projects which, you know, really are almost done. Like they just need the toe kitchenering or the ends woven in or whatever. <laughs> um, one pile for sort of projects that. I was going to rip out because I don't really want to do them as I'm doing them anymore. And when I was bringing this down, I brought down all the project bags in my room, too. Okay. And so I had a pile for project bags that had actual... I opened up each project bag, pulled stuff out, you know, put stuff, the, the stuff that I needed back in. So this I made was a pile of spring cleaning. Sort of. Yeah, a small spring cleaning. <laughs> there are other aspects of my room and my knitting stuff that use a spring cleaning that haven't been done yet. Made a pile of, like, needles that I'd used and that were still stuck in the project bags, that sort of thing. So, the bin is actually sitting in front of us. And it is full. Damn right it's full. It's not going to stay full, because part of it is, when I bring it back upstairs, there is some yarn in there that I That's, have on the top and stuff me. that, no. <laughs> Hell no, the shield agent yarn I dyed, yarn I dyed is on the top, and there ain't no way you are prying that from my anything other than my cold, dead hands. Your challenge has been accepted. That was fighting words. <laughs> but so there's yarn there. There's yarn there that I need to put away is the thing. I'm going to put it in one of my yarn storage areas. And there's some yarn lower down that I'm going to put in yarn storage areas. There were a couple things where I had smaller balls of yarn 
that I was like, okay, well, I think I'll make fingerless mitts out of these two yarns. I'll stripe them. So I put them in a project bag. And, you know, there's a couple of other things where, like, I think I have an idea of what project I might want to do with these yarns. So I put that in a Ziploc bag and put a little card inside that said, you know, the idea of the project name. So the thing is, mm-hmm. the thing, and I have a pile of yarn for, I have a pile of, of bags and stuff for, you know, stuff that I'll probably just donate because there was some, like, seriously old acrylic yarn in there that I'm realistically never going to use. So the thing is, that hamper was full when I brought it down, but it was full, not including project bags. Okay. Project bags were actually in another basket in my room, which has way too much crap in it, and which was also overflowing. Your room is starting to sound like a TARDIS of yarn. Uh, yeah, that would that would be an honest... Assessment? Assessment, yes. And so the hamper now is full, but it is full including project bags. Okay. And including project bags, which I have organized stuff in. Now, on excavating the project bags, of course, I found a couple projects and things that I want to work on. Um, Actually, pass me that red one there. This one? Not that one. That's my needle. And a couple of things I found were... One, two, three, four, and five. Yeah. One of the things that I found, a couple of those numbers are things I've already mentioned here today. A couple of those things I found were projects, especially like socks, that I had started and that I... And it started at one point because it was sort of like, I kind of want to do this, but it's also sort of a, oh crap, I don't have anything else. I don't have anything else that's at the right point. I need something to bring with me to knit night mm-hmm. sort of thing. So I have one sock here out of like, I think it's a sport weight yarn, the name of which I think it's Mountain Colors is the, the company. I have no idea of what type of yarn or the colorway. I think I might have gotten it from a past podcaster's stash sale okay years ago (laughs) but i have apparently at some point i did the foot the heel and a fair bit of the leg on this sock and then it somehow got buried underneath other shinier things (laughs) so it has not gotten finished so and i've got one sock of that and i've got another ball of yarn to do that in um one that i was actually working on today because our friend Lily was here, because I have the day off, and my mother's been in Florida for, for the last couple of weeks, hence what, hence how I was able to bring this stuff downstairs and sort it out, because I ain't doing that when anybody else is around. So Lily came over, and we watched Beauty and the Beast with Sing Along. They actually have a sing-along track on the DVD. Cool. It brings up the words, so yeah, there was singing. And one of the things I found were socks I was making from some of my handspun. Pretty. Some of my first hand spun. So I worked on that and actually I got like three, four inches. Well, three inches. On the leg. Done. I was going to say, please clarify that because three or four inches could mean yeah, you know, different things. But yeah, I got it for quite a bit done on the leg just today watching the movie. And I only have one sock of those. The other, I have two little skeins. One of which is in a ball. This one is still in a little hank that I need to wind. And I'm doing that again in plain stockinette. But I'm going to try and have like these two pairs of socks. I'm going to try... And keep, again, to the top of the bag, the top of the, the hamper, so that, you know, when I'm looking for the boring knitting to come with me mm-hmm. somewhere, I will grab that instead of something else. <laughs> or instead of being like, ooh, I want to cast on this instead. Oh, and while I was also, uh, while Mom was away, there was a couple nights I did watch some of the Avengers movies. And I worked on some of the, I made hexapuffs from some of the Avengers mini skins I got from No Makers. So all this stuff has sort of been dribbled out in the last three weeks. Because <laughs> during March break, there were quite a few nights where it's like sitting down and relaxing at the end of the day was more like sit down, relax, and 
surf tumbler while cooking shows play in the background. Sort of my brain cannot take anything else. Mm-hmm. But yes, so I did. So, so far, I've done a Captain America, Thor, and Hawkeye hexagon. Oh, Are they all- Oops! No! Haw- Hawkeye ran away. Damn it, Hawkeye! Get back here. Hawkeye's under the table. Are you gonna put them all together? When you set out the, uh, bucket. Oh yeah, oh yeah. When I do the actual quilt, they'll all be in one little area. Probably, there is a Loki mini skein in there, so I'll probably have Loki in the center, and the others will be surrounding, surrounding him. Surrounding him? Okay. Keeping an eye on him. So, yeah, that's pretty much been me. <laughs> Just working at little things here and there. Has it felt cathartic going through your fiber family? It has. It's, I should say, really. It's one of those things that feels virtuous. I don't know how virtuous in the grand scheme of things it is. Not in the grand scheme of, like, everyday life, like, you know, how nice are you to people, but virtuous in the sense of, yay, I have cleaned, oh, I am totally awesome. I've cleaned up this little bit. Everything else is a disaster area and unorganized. But I can fool myself into thinking that I'm organized, kind having done this one little thing. Kind of like when I went out and had a salad for lunch, and then congratulated myself with Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups. Yeah, sort of like that. Yeah. Or where you're like, I've totally been good about going to the gym, I'm totally gonna have one little thing. Except, you know, you haven't really been scaling that, but scaling back much on the other stuff, on the sort of stuff earlier. Yeah, and speaking of the stuff I should mention, you guys did get a little glimpse of the stash. Yes, we did. Yes, because a bunch of people came over... For some St. Patrick's Day. Knitting and yeah. drinking on St. Patrick's Day. And there there was much breaking of the newbie. Yeah. And people demanded to see some of my stash. Yeah. Dang so it. So I, I dragged out It started some to get to a snuffleupagus status where all we've, been, we've only heard <laughs> about it, but no one's ever seen it. Well, everyone's seen it in little bits and pieces because you've seen it when I've brought it to Knit Night or I've no, 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 mentioned no, no. that. I know you stopped or... off somewhere and paid a drug dealer on the way to go and get you a skein of yarn before you could go to Knit Night, okay? Or you keep seeing these skeins of yarn appear, these, you know, these yarns appear when I start projects with them or, or you guys are there at the Knitter's Frolic or the And Knitter's you Fair. know what? None of this amounts to your stash as a whole. <laughs> Because that's what we want to see. I mean, let's face it, my stash as a whole would not fill up half of that bucket right there in front of us. Whereas my stash... Oh, lordy. I'm trying to think of how many of those it would fill. Well, if we don't count, like, the worsted weight yarns that I have, maybe two or three of those? Why do we not count the worsted weight yarns? Because they take up more space. Oh, okay. They They take up a large amount of volume. For, you know, one skein of yarn. So this is apparently like the uh, vacation yarn doesn't count? Sort of, yes. My worsted does not count as part of my stash. I didn't show you guys that stuff. And there there are some... There are things I, I have sort of squirreled away in different areas of my room. That have I mentioned you're stash. all kinds of bizarre? I'm wanting you to flaunt and glorify in the size of your stash. You are kind of acting like you need to go to the Betty Ford Clinic. It's maybe not that far off. It is what it is. Speaking of stash, and adding to stash, you know, I, I'm on this, you know, sort of cold sheep thing, <laughs> trying not to buy yarn until the frolic, and I now actually have two purchases, which totally don't count. Okay. Because, of course, I was going to the Needle Emporium, which, you know, is, when you're going by public transit is a fair fair way. So, you know, I figured, okay, I'm getting myself a skein of yarn and it doesn't count because I'm trekking all this way. And it's vacation yarn, technically, because it's not your hometown. <laughs> yeah. So, and plus because, you know, I've wanted this colorway for a while and blah, blah, blah. So, so while suck- I was there... So basically you're saying suck it. 
Yeah. I got a skein of Lorna's Laces Soulmate. S-O-L-E-M-A-T-E. Mm-hmm. It's 55% Superbrush Merino, 15% Nylon, and 30% Outlast Viscose. So they're supposed to be very strong and also really help, like, wick away moisture and stuff. And I got the colorway Christmas at Downton, which is really pretty. There's charcoal and silver gray and what looks like a deep teal and some mint. Yep, and a deep purple, a grapey purple. And it goes very well with something else that arrived. Recently. Something else? Yes. Oh. My, I got a project bag from Jessaloo. Okay. It's stitched by Jessaloo. Oh, that project bag. Yes. That I one. got a, one of the Downton Abbey project bags with these adorable little sort of cartoon, very simple cartoonish images of the different characters. Somebody is very happy. Let me just say that. Yes. She was so happy to bring it and flaunt it like it was the latest in Louis Vuitton. I'm sorry. It's better. Uh, well, I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> then for a ton. So yes, when I actually start a project with this yarn, it is so going in that project bag. And then the other little thing was, uh, so the loopy, you had a Woolmice update yesterday? Mm-hmm. While I was on my break at work? Oh dear. I got one skein. I didn't buy more than one skein, which I was tempted to do. I just got one. Uh-huh. But one skein is on its way to me. <laughs> What did you get? Um, I think it, w- it happened so fast, I'm not entirely sure whether it was the pure or the twin. Oh, good lord. <laughs> They're both sock yarns. Just one of them is 100% merino, and the other one is part merino, part nylon. I can't entirely remember which one of the two it was. It, ha- it happened so fast, Maggie. I don't believe I'm actually having this conversation with you. You have to jump on it. Oh, good god. <laughs> and I got it, I do remember, I got it in the poison number five colorway. <laughs> I don't believe I'm actually having this conversation. Okay, fine. Fine. She literally has her hands <laughs> over her face, people. <laughs> okay. So during the cov- the Cravings, Covets, and Crushes segment, you are not allowed to pull out your wallet at any point. No. <laughs> I would say I'm hiding my credit card, but I have that shit memorized. So God. I haven't had to pull my credit card out to make a purchase online in quite a while. And you're not at the Betty Ford Clinic yet? Nope. Okay. It's not like I'm spending food money on yarn. <laughs> Point. Yes. And I ha- and no, I have not started eating, eating ramen and craft dinner all the time either. Uh, okay, so. So, moving into Geek Squee. Shall we start with the event of the season? Yes. Because, oh my god. We'll start with the wedding of the season. Of the century. Yep. Because, not only is Pat- Sir Patrick Stewart getting married. But he's getting married by Ian Sir- McKellen. McKellen. So to put that into Sir Ian McKellen, yes. So to put that into geek terms, you could say that Gandalf is Mary is officiating the marriage of Professor jo- X, Professor X, or Jean Luc Picard, or Jean Luc Picard, or you can say Magneto. Yes, that's true. Or uh, Professor X is being married by Magneto. So yes, this was the event of the season that we were referencing to earlier. So are you going to wear the X Men spandex? Uh, or are you going to wear the Starfleet spandex uniforms, or are you going to go Lord of the Rings with it? Which possibly I think might be the more comfortable of the costumes. Possibly a little bit more. You know, it depends on if you go old school, like comic book, you know, with the X-Men costumes, because it's kind of hard to beat yellow spandex. But, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the Lord of the Rings can get 
not pretty flamboyant, but it can stay classy. Yeah, but it does seem a little gauche to wear something that applies to the officiant, not to the groom. But yeah, I think when I originally read about this, I kind of squealed. Just because yeah. it's adorable! I'm, I'm kind of like going, seriously, is this real? Like, this isn't like an early April Fool's. Nobody's like making this up now, right? Oh, and who has <laughs> the, the ring? ring. <laughs> oh! Yeah, we're just, I happened to scroll down to the comments on the Mary Sue article about it, and someone says, now who has the ring? And someone else replied with, is it secret? Is it safe? And someone else said, I want these two to make a sitcom about themselves. It would just be these two doing everyday things in extraordinarily awesome ways. I would watch a show of these two in a grocery store for 30 minutes, hands down. Pretty much, yes, I'd do the same. You shall now kiss the bride! <laughs> Slams down his staff. staff. I can't wait to hear more about this. But yes. Aww! So sweet. This is awesome on so many levels. Now, speaking of Star Trek, you may have noticed... There is a new international trailer for Star Trek out, and oh my god. I didn't watch it until just a few minutes ago when I came over to Karen's house and we got to see it on the big TV. Hell yeah, my ovaries exploded yep. all over. That screen is messy. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, there's a fair, there's a bit of it, there's some of it that is from, that they have shown in other trailers. But this one, like a lot of international trailers, actually, it seems like has more of an actual idea of the plot in it than some of the other ones. So, too, if you want to be more spoiler-free about the movie, you might not want to watch this one. If you don't, if you're the sort of person who doesn't want any hints at all whatsoever and, you know, doesn't even like watching the trailers or whatever, don't watch this one. Because, oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hi. That's a Cumberbatch. Yes. That's a Cumber villain. Yes, the people have started calling him the Cumber villain. And he's good at it. Oh, hell yes. Oh, he's very good. He, he's he's very cool and threatening and evil-sounding and oh, dear God. He really only had to say monosyllabic words and just have a look and yeah. it was there. I mean, and it looks all, like... all of that superiority he's been practicing with Sherlock obviously came to a very good head. Mm -hmm. And it looks like his villainy bring is going to bring out some seriously awesome... You know, depth from Kirk, and there was actually a little, there was one little moment in there where we do get a laugh from Kirk being his usual daredevil self, and, oh, and Spock sort of being not impressed with it. Yeah. I told you it would fit. I do not believe that qualifies. Okay, that could be taken all sorts of bad ways. Never Especially mind. when this is Kirk and Spock we're talking about. Uh, they've had, they've had shipping for centuries, so let's not yeah. go there. So yes, if you want to, if you want to get a, a little bit more of an idea of the plot of the movie, check out the international trailer. If you just to go to YouTube and type in Star Trek Into Darkness international trailer, you'll find it. It was just released this week. And ooh, it looks interesting. It looks fantastic. I watched it with Lily this afternoon. We sort of looked at each other. So like, yeah, what? so we're going, right? <laughs> yes. As soon as it finished. Like, yes. you know, midnight showing if there is one. What I loved is the point in the, um, in the trailer where he says, I'm better and Kirk says, then what? At said, what? At what? And he says, at everything. everything. And I'm like, yep, yeah, you are. Oh, yeah. Done. Agreed. Better at setting my, pant setting my panties on fire? Yes. Done. So Peter Jackson, just today, said that he would be very willing to direct an episode of Doctor Who. He just, you know, wants a Dalek in payment. payment. Is he going to have hobbits in his Doctor Who episode? Oh my god. They'd find some way to incorporate something from Lord of the Rings in there. 
He said he said that he they wouldn't even have to pay him. He says, but I have got my eye on one of those nice new gold-colored Daleks. They must have a spare one, hint, hint. <laughs> and he said this to uh, Entertainment Weekly. The ones that he's being posed with himself, he actually does own. He owns two Daleks. Mm-hmm. Two silver ones. Looks like he has quite the scarf, too. Yeah, he does. <laughs> now, of course, you know, Stephen Moffat isn't saying anything. Wow, since when is this news? Yeah. But he said he did say, you know, we're the- theoretically on board for anything provided we've got a great story. Moffat, so. Moffat only says something when, you know, it's to prod the fan base. Mm-hmm. Hey, does this hurt? Poke, poke. <laughs> Rick in the feels. Yeah, I know. And speaking of Stephen Moffat... And poking us in the feels. As of this past Monday, Sherlock has started filming season three! And the fan base goes wild. Oh my god. You, oh my... Guys, is there anyone out there else out there who is involved in this... Or um, not even involved, but just sort of watches the Sherlock fandom on Tumblr? Because if you do, you have noticed the craziness. Especially now that we also have the title of the first episode. The Empty Hearse. According to Mark Gatiss, who released it on his Twitter. So, that's as, that's as formal as we're going to get at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it is a, it's a reference to the story, <laughs> The Adventure of the Empty House, which is the one... Where he comes back. Where Sherlock comes back. Oh. But of course, now it's sort of like, okay, how does the... Now there's like tons of speculation. How does the title fit in with the story? And... Who's supposed to be in that hearse, and yada, 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 yada. Okay, now, like it says, last summer Moffat gave us three words that would match up to the episodes in the season. Yeah. Rat, wedding, and bow or bow. I think it's, if I remember correctly, someone, they actually announced it at a event where they were speaking, so I think the person who tweeted it originally tweeted again with the, the, the clarification that I think it's bow. Okay. No, no, no. Bow. Okay. Bow, I think, was actually, because there's actually, that word is actually in one of the stories, um, one of the titles of one of the stories, but I think it was the other way. I think it was Bow. But I could be wrong. So how does Rat Wedding Bow fit into? Presumably Rat, because I'm assuming if it was the same thing they did last year, it goes in order of the episodes. Okay. First episode keyword is Rat, in that case. They could have mixed it up, just to... Just to fuck with us. The first episode could involve Wedding, which... Okay. Leads to all sorts of other speculation, because technically Watson is married twice in the stories. True. But one of the other things that has the, the fandom going completely batshit is that The Empty House is also the story that features the introduction of Sebastian Moran, Moriarty's second-in-command. Mm-hmm. And there has been someone who... There was someone, an actor, who tweeted that they had been hired for the first episode of season three and there was a lot of speculation like oh my god is this marianne because the thing is too like this fandom crazy (laughs) y'all if you're new here please take the security goggles and helmets and apply yourself liberally with hockey uh padding equipment like sherlock and sherlock fans i love you and i retweet all sorts of your stuff on twitter on tumblr and you know, I, I am kind of the cra- slightly the crazy, but wow. Like, in the absence of actual information, the, the, a lot of the fandom has become completely in- obsessed with the... Rabid. It's rabid. With, with the idea of Sebastian Moran, who has never been mentioned, never been hinted at, 
Except for maybe one episode in the third ep- one part in the third episode. More like everybody was like, "Oh my god, that must be him." There has been ton of fan casting doing for it. There are fan like tons of fanfics and stuff, and it's like people. He has not been cast yet. They have never mentioned this character like practically since the show began. It is like the biggest character that has never actually appeared in the series. Good lord. So yes, it should be very interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, like you said, I love I love that people were passionate about this show, but they're kind of reminding me of wild beasts and the rest of us are inside of this little cabin in the woods. Mm-hmm. And you don't go outside of the ring of light that <laughs> that cabin sort of makes. Yeah. Because if you take one step over, you are in a world of crazy, hurt, and more crazy <laughs> that you may never be able to come back out of. You know, we'll we'll pull you back in, but we only may get an arm or a leg. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, like I said, I love that people are passionate about the show, but oh my god. I think it's partly because the fandom has had these such long hiatuses. Like, there has been, like, 18 months between each season, and each season is only three episodes. I know. So it gives, basically, lots of fandoms, you know, they have, they create their own sort of ideas and speculation about characters, and and they create something called fanon, which is canon, but it's the fan version of it, the fan-added version of it. So there's all sorts of things that get added that you know, don't actually appear in the actual canon. And so I think with with the hiatuses being so long... People just start winding themselves into this. I guess this place, the winding themselves into this tizzy, and it's like tightening a spring, <laughs> tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter, and finally it will explode at some point. Something will go pop. Pop goes the fandom. So yeah, it should be very interesting when the show actually comes out. But for the moment, thank God they're finally filming. filming oh yes. my God. Yes, and uh, pictures are posted of them doing the read through. Oh, yes. And I loved it that oh my God. Freeman's got like grapes, grapes or on something his eyes. in his He's eyes. He's being a total, you know, goof. Like imagine like Coraline with the other mother and people where they have buttons for eyes, except he's got grapes. That he's squinched <laughs> into his eyes. It's it's slightly creepy looking. Now just in other general awesomeness. He 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 he. This is so cool. I love that this is from so long ago. Mm-hmm. Two hundred years. Yeah. So recently, uh, the Museum of Childhood, part of the Victorian Albert Museum, found a pretty unique sampler in their collection. Now, most samplers, of course, were done by young girls in um, over a variety of centuries, and it was basically a way of learning different embroidery stitches. And I think wasn't and it showing off their their the- talents. They, by the end, it was to prove that they knew their number, their alphabet, and... Yeah, a lot of them include alphabets, numbers. Um, A lot also include, like, little Bible verses, or, you know, little poems, or rhymes, or things, and also figures of flowers, and, you know, decorative borders, and things like that. And there's some seriously amazing ones. Usually it it would be done by, you know, the girl would be finished by about the time they were, like, 11, 12 years old. Now this one, that you can see on the Museum of Childhood's blog at collectingchildhood.wordpress.com is actually a sampler done in 1811, except the image is of the solar system as it was, as it was known at that time, and information about the solar system. So we've got the sun at the center, we've got the circular track of Mercury. Yeah, we've got the, they've marked the sun and the orbits of Mercury, Venus, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Jupiter and Saturn. Saturn. 
as well as there's one that's marked Orbit of the Comet. Probably Halley's. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And it's also got, like, little tables of, on the the lower corners, of distance of the planets from the sun. So it's got the each planet listed and how far they are from the sun. Uh, revolutions of planets around the sun, how long it takes for each planet to do a revolution around the sun. And at the top, it's got a little paragraph about sort of the wondrous heavenly creation yeah, of okay. the solar system. I can't see any punctuation, so I'm trying to figure out. I'm just looking at it. figure out how it's going to, how to actually read it. These are the glorious works yeah, these are thy glorious works, parent of good oh. almighty, thine this universal frame, thus wondrous fair, thyself, how wondrous then, unspeakable, who sitst above these heavens to us, invisible or dimly seen, in these thy lowest works, yet these declare thy goodness beyond thought and power divine. And there's a little sort of Greek key border around the whole thing. And it's hard to tell because there's no like there's no frame of reference for the scale, but looking at the weave of the fabric, it looks fairly fine. Yeah. I would guess. Without you know, at least without a scale at, or anything. At first so this thought, must have been some this is some pretty fine stitching. Yeah. I first thought you would probably think this was parchment. Yeah. But wow. <laughs> some very fine stitching and like a hugely unusual sampler. Oh, they say it's sampler is a piece of limit linen thirty five centimeters tall and thirty five centimeters wide. So that's a little, just a hair over a foot, like a foot and a couple inches. Yeah. One foot by one foot. So holy crap. Yeah, that is some, fine some really fine stitching. Yeah, it says the di- design has been transferred onto the fabric with ink, creating a template for the embroiderer. However, only small areas have been completed in silk thread. So quite early in the project, the sampler has been abandoned. I wonder which parts were actually completed, because we can't tell from... Yeah, it's hard to tell from the, from the actual, the photo, what bits have been done. And I mean, the blog does go on to say that, you know, the turn of the 19th century was an extremely exciting time in all the sciences, including astronomy. New telescopes and methods in the hands of enthusiasts kept surprising the world with new discoveries. And of course, a lot of the, you know, the branches of science were pretty much restricted to men, except for, you know, the a few rare individuals. You know, they mentioned that experimentation and discovery were not easily compatible with the ideals of domestic femininity. But there were women who rejected these social expectations and became active and renowned. So they mentioned, but in some cases it was something like, they mentioned that, you know, botany was particularly, it had quite a few um, female, well-known female amateurs, sometimes chemistry. And girls could have private lessons, if they're from, you know, richer, well-to-do families, families, in astronomy. And it was kind of, it it was fairly common in the 1760s and 1770s among daughters of the blue stockings. But it still would have been fairly rare, and it's kind of amazing that someone actually planned this little sampler for a girl to do. Yeah, I think it is cool. So there's a a lot of really interesting historical information, especially, like, social historical information about, you know, the education of girls and girls' place in the sciences during this time period. I'm going to have to go back and reread it later, because, oh my god, I love this stuff. But yeah, it's really neat, and I would love to know, like, this is one of those objects you look at from the past that you look at, and you would just, I would just love to know more about, like, the girl who was doing this sampler, or I the person who made it for her, who <laughs> set it for her, you and know what? who they were, and why they, they chose this, and... I bet she met the doctor. <laughs> yes! Oh my god! That's my theory. Yes, she was an early doctor's companion. Possibly. Maybe <laughs> that that's would be why cool. Maybe that's why it's abandoned. Yes! Because she, she was in the middle of doing it, and she had to leave it behind when the doctor asked her to be his companion. Done. That's the story. 
Yep, there we go. That's obviously the background in my head. Now, speaking of awesome girls from nowadays... In science. In science. Two awesome girls that we know of. Yeah. One five and one seventeen, but this five-year-old girl, for starters... Yeah. She was fossil hunting on the Isle of Wight and found a new dinosaur. Yep. Yeah, her name is Daisy Morris, and so now a new species of pterosaur has been named Vertidraco Daisy Morrisay in her honor. Awesome! That's awesome! Yeah, she found the fossil in 2009, and took the she and her family took the fossil to the University of Southampton, to Martin Simpson, who determined that, yes, she had found a completely new genus and species of pterosaur from, they said, from about 50, 115 million years ago. And he said, too, like, because of the Isle of Wight's eroding coastline, if she hadn't found it, it would have been washed away. Aww. Way to go, Daisy. That is so cool. Yeah, it says it was about the size of a crow. And, of course, being a pterosaur, it flew. It flew. But seriously. That's way cool. How awesome would it be to have a prehistoric creature named after you? Uh, my son right now is five years old, same age as Daisy, mm-hmm. and he's dino crazy. <laughs> so if he found something and he discovered <laughs> that he was told later, by the way, that rock that you let the scientists study is actually a brand new dinosaur and they're going <laughs> to name it after you, his head would explode. Totally explode. Now, slightly older, awesome science girl. And somebody who I think, you know, companies should look to hire very shortly. Yes. Sarah Voles is 17 years old, and she has a biofuel lab in her bedroom. She has one of those loft beds where the bed itself is raised up quite high, so you have a little bit of space underneath that you could probably set. You know, the rest of us would probably do something like put in shelves or... At yeah. best, a homework desk or her... Yeah, you see, you've probably seen these before. Basically, it's a like a top bunk bed and underneath. Most of them have like a little couch or futon or a desk or something like that. And what Sarah did was she made a biofuel lab. And there's pictures of her... There's a picture of her looking into her microscope. And it looks like she's wearing a lab coat, too. Yeah, lab coat and goggles. And goggles. And, and she's and got little, like... Flasks are... Everywhere. Yep, flasks lining one side. She's got test tubes in front of her. And there's tubes and vials, and I'm, like, super impressed. Yeah. She's basically been raising oil-producing algae, so which is a method of making biofuel that researchers are attempting to refine, so that either by messing with the algae's DNA to make them more efficient at it, or raising the algae in an p- environment that makes it more likely that they'll create this oil... And her algae has won her Intel's science talent search, which comes with a prize of a $100,000 scholarship. Yeah. And that's handy because she's been accepted to MIT. Wow. Dude, somebody needs to keep an eye on this girl and hire her post-haste. Yes. Oh, my God. Because seriously, she basically figured out that if she took her the algae that she had and periodically used a pesticide on it that only kills algae that don't have enough of a particular enzyme, that would leave the stuff, the algae that had more of that particular enzyme and there made more oil left over. Right. So basically culling the weak ones from the right. herd. Wow. I was not that enthusiastic about algae at 17, I will confess. No, yeah, I wasn't that smart at 17. 
She's one of those kids who part of you would kind of like to hate them because you were never that smart as a kid, but <laughs> you really can't because they're awesome. Yeah. And I, I want people like her running yes. the world. Yes. Thank you very much. When I'm old and in retirement and, you know, in my dotage, probably knitting pajamas for all my cats, I want her running the world. Yep. Okay, so moving into Cravings, Covets, and Crushes. Okay, so as we start Cravings, Covets, and Crushes, we have a PSA for people. When you are reposting things on Tumblr or Pinterest or wherever, or from blogs or something, or otherwise sharing them, please, please God, if you have it, please put the source of the image in your post somewhere. Connected to this, if anyone has seen the mug that says Accio Coffee on the outside in the Harry Potter font, and on the inside has a, you know, sort of pointillist image of a dog surrounded by a ring that's supposed to look sort of like it's in tea leaves, and you know where this is from, please let us know. Because we have just spent literally like 10 minutes trying to find where this damn thing comes from. But every link leads to another blog that happened to reblog it from another blog, which reblogged it from another blog, which reblogged it from... Yeah. Wherever. From the look of it, I'm assuming it is... Actually, I should have searched Etsy. It looks like it is It is a handmade thing. But if it... Okay, so I've searched Etsy, and there's one that kind of looks like it, but is not definitely not the same mug. No. We're looking at something that's a much taller... Yeah, this is a tall... Coffee mug. Coffee mug. The one that appears on Etsy right now is more of a like a latte coffee bowl. I'd need this on occasion. But if you would like one of those, you can find it in the My Crafty Mama M-O-M-M-A shop. Accio Brain. Yeah, I could use that one. But yes, so if anyone has seen the mug that we were talking about, please let us know. And actually knows where it comes from, please let us know. It may have been on Etsy before and it just isn't being sold anymore. This is the problem with such things. So Dude, edible cup right there. Ooh. But yes, so as a, that's a little PSA. I know, obviously, if someone has reblogged something on Tumblr and you don't know where it is, it might be difficult to find. You don't know where that person got it, it might be difficult to find a source for it, but, you know, if you can. And especially, and I should mention, this goes, like, triply for fan art stuff. Like, please try and find a link, because I know there's been, lately there's been some problems on Tumblr with people re- reposting fan art and not mentioning who it's from, and sometimes the posts that where someone is reposting it without accreditation actually gets way more. But yes, so now, after that little PSA. Going to something that we are much more familiar with. Yeah, especially now that we have two items that we have totally, that we had planned that we totally cannot mention, because we cannot actually source them. As you guys know, we really love Blue Moon Fiber Arts and their socks that rock. Uh, Blue Moon Fiber Arts has new colorways that you may want to check out. I know that there's at least seven that I would buy in a heartbeat. Yes, we had a look at them before we started recording, and every once in a while, Karen would go, ooh. Like there's Dip It Us. All kinds of shades of, of blue and, and some bluey silver, green gray. and gray and loveliness. Lol, Easter scramble. The handsome man one is also rather pretty. Like brown and some a couple different slightly similar shades of blue. Slight bit of teal in there. Yeah, just a bit. Not in vain. Oh yes. E. One of your faves. Blue and pink and gray and wonderfulness. Oopsie Daisies was cute too. It was very very pastel-y, springy sort of looking. Serenity. Yes. <laughs> for anybody in a firefly mood, but And that one had some beautiful bright bluey turquoisey as well as a dark sort of brownie purple. Time space continuum rip. Oh hello, come to mama. 
definitely some teal going on in there. Yep. As well as some darker, sort of slightly purpley bits going on. It looks really pretty. Twitter painted, which, along with your so skein, can probably be seen from space. I was telling Maggie that, like, okay, within two weeks of these colors coming out, uh, Chris Hadfield will be up in the International Space Station taking pictures and be like, wow, something out there, something down there is really, really bright. Right. And it's going to be a knitter sitting somewhere and knitting these socks. So, yes, yeah, so take a look. There's also a couple new ones in the shaded solids colorways, including Tardis, Tardis Blue. Blue. In case anybody needed to do anything for Doctor Who this year. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I love their colors. These new colors definitely do not help with the trying not to buy yarn. I know. <laughs> but you don't have that much longer to wait. No. The frolic is coming. I, I haven't been checking the list of vendors and noting where certain vendors are going to be in the layout of the frolic at all. You have that same look on your face as when you were talking about your stash earlier. <laughs> and I am not going there again. I'm not planning any sort of like highly sophisticated, practically tactical strike on certain locations. We will rendezvous at the secret location in, oh, 200 hours. Karen, that's two in the morning. Wake up, soldier! We gotta get there before everyone else! You mean before the vendor? Yes! Dress in black ninja wear. Rappel down from the ceiling into the end of a dragonfly booth. Someone's looking at a skein. Oh, that's really yoink, yoink out of their hands as we rappel back up to the ceiling. That's good. That's good. As I toss my credit card at Kim from Indigo Dragonfly. And it gets stuck in, like, you know, a table and just sort of wiggles a little bit. (laughs) Like ninja stars. Winging. (laughs) Love it. Oh, yes. And just before we go, a couple things. One, I'm a fucking idiot. And there was a couple weeks ago, oh, I'm sorry, we got a package from somebody. We recorded it. We recorded it. I was going to stick it into, we recorded just just the opening of the package because we didn't have time to record a full episode that weekend. I was going to stick it in the next episode. Uh, Guess what I didn't remember to do? Yeah, stick it in the episode. So I will be inserting it right here. Okay, so we got a little package. We got it from, well, her revelry name is... Spelled J-O-L-A-F-S-O-N. And then... Jolafson? Or Jolafson? Something like that. Jolafson, something like that. You pick now to attack that? Peanut's playing with the blinds in the background, if you can hear that. But on the package, it said it's from Storied Threads. Okay. Your face is nearly as pink as your shirt. Well, it's presents. (laughs) For Maggie from Julia... For Karen from Julia. Oh, there's tape. And I think I can kind of see what they are. There you go. <gasps> ooh, ooh, ooh. Ah, ah, ooh, ah. Oh my god. Open, 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 open. Oh my god. So we got a little. Oh my god. in the Shire. Holy crap. Yeah, you know those. You know those sort of like those European, um, like car stickers that people have that have the the countries on them. This one is HBT, says HBTN on it, Hobbiton the Shire. I got a circular one with wings, and it says on the side of the angels, but not one of them. So did I. And I got one that says? Agent Coulson lives, and I got, if it's all the same to you, I'll have that drink now. (laughs) (laughs) Holy squee! Okay, okay, okay. Storied Threads. By Veronica Bailey, clothing that tells your story. Huh. 
www.storiedthreads.com. S-T-O-R-I-E-D-T-H-R-E-A-D-S. And she's got uh, her stuff on the back. Friend me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. And read my WordPress. Yeah, looking up this website now. Sweet. <laughs> I'm totally putting the Colson Lewis one on my bag for the Knitter Despair. I need to find something like really prom. I'm like staple it to the front of my forehead. You can mount it on something, put a little frame. <laughs> yeah, I need to find something really prominent. Especially the Sherlock one. Yeah. Mount. <laughs> Cat. Peanut. Scare the crap out of me. What the hell are you doing? Hiddlestoner. Hiddlestoner. Oh, I'm right there. <laughs> yeah, it looks like there's clothing. Historical clothing. I'm looking at the website story threads now. Bustle skirt, pantaloons, coat, bell sleeve, blouse. Yeah, so it looks like there's a bunch of like historical or like steampunky sort of clothing. There's accessories. Even for pets. Pet bandanas. And there's also, under embroidery, there's also patches. Steampunk. Ooh. Heraldry. And there's more. There's also a link to the Etsy shop. And this is where the fandom stuff is. Yes. <laughs> Don't panic. Loki's army. Demons I get. People are crazy. Doctor Who. I want to the I want to believe poster from X Files. Oh my god. <laughs> nine hard. Nine and three quarters. Bag, Bag of, of holding. holding. Yes. <laughs> District twelve. Big Dan Heroes. Doctor Who scarves. scarves. Yes. As like the little ribbons. There's a Ravenclaw scarf patch. Oh my god, this is awesome. Richard the Third, even. <laughs> <laughs> no parking. Smart. Army of Darkness. Oh my god. It's bigger on the inside. Hufflepuff scarf. Captain Hammer. You people are so petty. And, and tiny. tiny. Battlestar Galactica. There's tons on here. You remind me of the babe. <laughs> <laughs> Labyrinth. There's a lot of Gallifreyan script for Doctor Who. Wow. Yeah. Well, it does look pretty. Wow. Yeah. There are tons of cool ones here. Even geek ones, the IT crowd. Have yeah. you tried turning it off and on again? again. <laughs> I should have that one for work. Yeah. So if you you can find the, the geeky patches on their Etsy store. So if you go to Etsy and search for storied threads, you'll get to the store. And they do also have some other stuff. They have scarves and some... Uh, women's men and women's period clothing and stuff on there. Oh, there's a ton of bags that have stuff on them. Iron Man. Looks like a TARDIS bag. Mm-hmm. Eee, this is so awesome. Cool some lips. And bag of holding, of course. Because <laughs> everybody needs one of those. Yeah, so again, uh, just to, the the website is storiedthreads.com and thank you, Julia! Oh my thank god! Thank you! That was way cool! These are so cool. I would just stick these on everything I have. I will find something. Dang it, I will have to purchase something if I have to. So yes, thank you again. <laughs> I love the patches. I have to remember to put one of the patches on my bag for the frolic. Yet again, a way for us to recognize. Yeah, I have to figure to out where, us. where I could put one of mine. I should come up with a, come up with a secret. You should have, you have the secret code name for the sweater. I should have a secret code name for someone spotting the Agent Coulson lives patch <laughs> on my bag or something. Maybe like that. I could do like a uh, like a like a girl guide and have a sash and have bunches of patches on them. That would be awesome! So anyway, I hope everyone has a good week. And by the time you hear this, it may be pretty close to Easter. So hopefully the Easter Bunny is good to you and brings lots of chocolate. Maybe not on the day of, but, you know, day after is always good too. Hopefully the Easter Bunny can make it with all the snow and wind we've been having. Uh, We haven't actually had that much snow, but the wind? Oh god, yes. I'm making a motion that we uh, put all of the groundhogs that forecasted an early spring into carbonite and sell them to the emperor. Yeah, that would work. Okay, have a good week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.
Thanks for listening. To visit our show notes, listen to old episodes, or leave something in our tip jar, you can visit us at knit1geek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1 G-E-E-K 2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also comment at our Ravelry group. Just search the Ravelry groups for Knit One Geek 2. We're also on Twitter. You can find us at www.twitter.com slash knit1geek2. Have a good week, everybody.